Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 3.34 on a Sunday afternoon, the 11th day of December 2022 on a Sunday here at SENZ and SEN. If you're listening on the app in Australia, time to talk some b-ball, most notably the NBL with uh, Justin Nelson, a good friend who knows more about basketball than I will know in a lifetime. He joins right now. Happy Sunday, mate. Hey, thank you. Happy Sunday to you too. I've actually been walking the, the streets and the waterfront of, of Wellington today. Beautiful day in the capital. Uh, it's always good when we get a chance to talk about how beautiful it is here. So, yeah, wonderful Sunday. Is this is this uh, getting rid of a hangover after the Guns N' Roses show? Or? <laughs> Just about. Gee, I went to that on, uh, on Thursday night here in Wellington, and they put me to shame, those guys. I think Axel Rose is 60, Slash is 57, Duff McKagan's 58, and they stayed on stage till... For what three and a half hours? And wow! Yeah, I tell you what, I hope I'm still doing that at their age. Quite amazing. I, I, and and all the social that I look at, all they're doing is talking about how good Slash is. All we see is just Slash out there in the front. Was did it feel like that? Oh yeah, he's a magician. There's no doubt about that. When you you watch him go about his work and his craft, and you know, I just said he's 57. He's also got a pacemaker. <laughs> So it's uh, it's quite incredible. Yeah, wonderful show, quite amazing. Sellout? About 25,000 people there at Sky Stadium on, on Thursday night. And look, those guys, it felt like they didn't want to go home. It really did. I don't think they got off stage till about quarter past 11. They're clearly very lonely people, mate, because uh, they just <laughs> did not want to go home. Well, maybe it's just they 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 they, they probably have it that they can still get a crowd of twenty five thousand a little place like New Zealand and they'd still appreciate what they did because they were monsters at their prime right they were they were one of these stadium acts. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, you head back to the nineties and do you remember when they were touring Australia back in the nineties? And I think the last time I saw them was at a round of the V eight supercars in Sydney, which was about twenty twenty ten twenty eleven mm. something like that and. Yeah, look, they're, they're one of the big uh, big stadium acts. And obviously those bands out of the 80s and 90s, they certainly know how to tour and how to put on a great show in, in huge stadiums and arenas. And Thursday night was no different. Oh, well, you're a happy man then. Are you happy with the way the breakers are rolling? They're 11-5 and five after playing 16 and uh, losing for the second time at home against the Kings. Are the Kings their kryptonite? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's quite. It's interesting. I mean, well, you and I spoke a, a couple of weeks ago and, you know, we're singing the praises of the Breakers, and, and rightfully so. And I think at the time we were talking about their big test would be when they lose a couple. Well, guess what? We catch up a couple of weeks later, and they have lost a couple. Two losses in a row at home to Perth and to Sydney. Second loss this season to the Sydney Kings, who are the top team. And, yeah, maybe they are the kryptonite. Um, who knows? There's still a long way to play out, but a fair bit to go back to the drawing board with for the Breakers now. Okay, so, all right, you, you've opened the door. What do they need to... What, what are they... Where are, the, where are they showing signs of weakness? Well, I think the first thing is don't panic. I, I think that quite often you can cop a couple of losses and you try and tip everything upside down and rip it all apart and start again. I, I think the first thing for the breakers is don't panic. Uh, just get back to some of the little things that were working and sometimes you have games where you shoot well and, and sometimes you know you find yourself in a position where the opposition shoots well and 
I think in the last two games against uh, the Wildcats and then obviously the Kings, I think both of those teams have come out and had outstanding games. Certainly Perth were on the ropes. You know, we know that there was a little bit of by-play before that game with, with Corey Webster and, you know, that game belonged to Perth and good on them. And look, the Kings are probably the team to beat. I mean, they have taken care of business against the Breakers twice here in New Zealand. Uh, the first time, you know, their, their star, uh, you know, Xavier Cooks, he went down injured. This time he played the whole game and the Breakers did come home late. They came home strongly. Uh, the signs are still good for the Breakers. You know, if anything, I wouldn't tip everything upside down at the moment based on a couple of losses. They just need to get back to hitting their shots, playing a bit better defence, and I'm sure they'll return to the winner's circle really soon. Well, you talk about hitting their shots and just looking at the table right now. They're the best offensive team scoring-wise yep. in the league, but and they're probably a little bit too high when it comes to conceding points. But, uh, I mean, who, who, do, who do you think of their big guns needs to just reset Oh, I think it really comes down to all of them. I mean, one thing that I love about the Breakers this season is it's a real team effort. It's it's one in all in mentality, and that's what has led them to the start that they've had. I mean, on the road, they've been quite exceptional yeah. away from home. If anything, it's just their home record that hasn't been to the level that they would have liked. I mean, their losses are actually coming on their home floor. So there's a little bit of work to do, but it is a one in all in approach, and that is one of the things that has really endeared them to the fans this season. Does it feel like they're back, and you talk about that home thing, do you, do you feel like they're back to where they were when they won three championships? Oh, probably a little bit too early to say that. I mean, there's not, not too many I'm, teams. I'm not suggesting, I'm, I'm not, no, no, I'm not, I'm, no, no, don't get me wrong, don't, don't, don't hammer me yet. I'm, I'm suggesting that that vibe, that vibe, you know, that, that home feel and, you know, that they're, they are, people are embracing them again. I think so. I think what people have really loved about the Breakers this season is just that real gritty, you know, nose-to-the-grindstone approach that they've had that, you know, even when they are having a bad patch in a game, and every team goes through a bad patch in every game, it just happens. I mean, you don't hold momentum, or very rarely will you hold momentum for every second of play, you know, through a game of basketball. So I think there's a lot to like about that. I mean, the other thing is, it's some genuine, you know, Kiwi talent that is coming through the ranks and starting to shine. You know, certainly Izzy Liafa has had a, a wonderful season so far. And, you know, if nothing else, you know, fans of the Breakers really endear themselves to that local Kiwi content. And, you know, it, it, certainly not to, to sink the boots into the Breakers, but it felt like they'd gone away from that a little bit over the last few years. And it's something that they really have got back to this year. And that's uh, that's definitely a good sign for the fans. A couple of things have come out of this last match against the Kings. First of all, hell of a foul count, 21-8 and eight against the Breakers. Warranted? Well, when you listen to the Kings and what they had to say post-game, they actually yeah. thought that that was a little bit light on. They, they they actually came out, you know, Chase Buford came out and said he felt like his, his team had gone into battle against the All Blacks. Yeah. Such was the physicality of the game. So if you listen to the Kings, they think the foul count should have been even heavier against the Breakers. One of the things about foul counts in basketball is when you look at the numbers, you know, the team that invariably has more fouls caught against them tends to complain. But the fact is, if you foul more, you're going to get picked up for more fouls. So quite often we can get lost in the numbers. Is it warranted? Well, it was a pretty physical game. So, yep, maybe it was.
Yeah, I was intrigued. Well, not intrigued. I was gratified to see Modi Mayor coming in saying, well, you know, we'll just be accountable for what we do. But it was a, a slight swipe, I think, too, at the officials who have a bit of an issue because Barry Brown Jr. has allegedly accused one of them of cheating. So yeah. and that's not a good look. What do you think the fallout will be? Will he be made an example of and miss the next trip to Perth? Well, I'd be surprised if it hasn't been looked at uh, in the corridors at headquarters. Uh, it's one thing. Uh, that is certainly, you know, looked upon without favour uh, when it comes to uh, talking about referees um, as being cheats. So it is an alleged uh, comment at the moment. I've got no doubt it's been looked at. And, and once we get to post round, uh, you know, we head into tomorrow and Tuesday, if there is something there to be answered to, I've got no doubt we're going to hear a lot more about it. And I, I would be surprised based on the evidence as it appeared during the game. I would be surprised if there's not a please explain uh, that will be forwarded to the breakers uh, office. But at the same time, um, you know, you do need to uncover the facts and and see if it was all there. What we do know is the referees are mic'd up. So you would think that if there was a comment like that made, it would have been picked up by the microphones. Okay. So what would you do in the situation? If it proves that it's happened, what would you do? Well, depending on the process and the uh, and the penalties that are in place for that particular competition, um, you know whether it falls under the jurisdiction of uh, you know um, criticism or commentary against a referee, or whether it actually goes a step further, and that is bringing the game into disrepute. And certainly, when you're looking at things like comments of that nature to officials, it does actually. Uh, or can actually fall into the position of bringing the game into disrepute. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, it, 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 it could be a pretty bad penalty if it's uh, as cut and dried uh, as a, a straight-out comment and accusation against an official. Again, you know, we've got to let the process take its place and uh, see what the evidence is. And we do have to maintain the integrity of the referees, whether fans or, or coaches or players think otherwise. They are put in a position that's, you know, invidious at some times, but we must protect the integrity of the game. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And look, players and coaches know that more than more than anyone. So it is alleged at the moment. Um, we'll wait and see, you know, what the evidence uh, suggests mm. and what is presented and see if it goes another step. But, you know, certainly if, if the evidence is strong uh, and that is what is tabled by the league, then there's certainly a case to answer, no doubt. It's a tight comp at the moment. You've got the Cairns Taipans sitting in third spot, eight and five, South East Melbourne, nine and six. The Jack Jumpers, seven and six, who were the revelation last season, and the Wildcats at seven and seven, and just sitting there, you know, I mean, you've got you've got the Adelaide Thirty Sixes at six and seven. How many of those teams that I've mentioned, and there are many of them. In fact, five I've mentioned. How many are in contention here? Genuinely in contention of that pack? Well, I think they're all in contention. You know, <laughs> what it does come down to is, you know, as you do progress towards the business end of the season you know, who is genuine and who's not. So, you know, all of those teams are capable on their day. Certainly Perth were having a run of outs and then came to New Zealand and and beat the informed team. So anything is possible. I think it's about just finding the form and the momentum at the right end of the season. And sort of gets back to what we're talking about just before. If you are, you know, in the inner sanctum of the breakers, they've lost a couple in in a row. Don't turn the thing entirely upside down. Just get back to basics, pick it apart, but without going silly get back to what you do well, because they are a very good team. If you look at the competition right now, Sydney's the team to beat. There's no doubt about that. Breakers aren't too far away. I like the way Southeast Melbourne Phoenix go about it as well. When they put 
the foot on the throat of a team. They really choked them. And that's a good sign of a team that is capable of going all the way. So they're one for me to really watch out for. As someone who has uh, administrated basketball, who loves basketball, is a genuine fan, how much does it encourage you to see that our local NBL is making such an impact and getting players into colleges and the professional teams and then see it also morph into the local ANBL here? Yeah, look, it's been wonderful, especially the last few years. I think on average there's, you know, sort of 18 to 20 Kiwis each year playing in the Australian NBL. Uh, We've regularly had players playing in the Australian Women's League, the WNBL as well. So certainly the Cells NBL and now the new, you know, GJ Gardner-Holmes Toihi competitions have become fantastic launch pads for a number of players coming through the ranks and, you know, stepping as a stepping stone into their career. And I think we're going to see more and more of that happen as we go forward. When you talk collegiate basketball, and don't forget the Cells NBL, every game is live on ESPN through the States as well. So those collegiate coaches are watching the young talent come through the ranks here. Uh, and certainly pre-COVID, there was, what, 150 Kiwi kids playing collegiate basketball throughout the States. It won't be long uh, coming out the other side of all the travel bands that we're going to see those numbers get back to being similar well, to that. And more women than men. More women yeah. than men playing collegiate basketball. Quite amazing. And, and look, let's, and, and you, you can be self, you can be very humble here, but you're the guy that made sure that the cells be ESPN during COVID because there was no content got on ESPN. How the hell did you do that? That, that, was the, <laughs> that, that my friend, is one of the great masterstrokes of sports administration to know that the, a local basketball competition yeah. in a, a, a country of 5 million plus people can be shown live on ESPN. How the hell did you do that? Yeah, quite amazing. It, it probably stems back to the fact that there wasn't a lot going on around the world at the time. And um, the ESPN interest, the, the, the truth behind the story is their ears were pricked up when news came out of New Zealand about the draft. Remember we had the yes, player I draft? Yes, yeah, I do remember it, yeah. It was actually the draft that led to ESPN uh, asking questions about this competition that was taking place in New Zealand. And I think we were only one of three basketball competitions being played anywhere around the world at the time. And in fact, the showdown was the first ever bubble that was presented in sport anywhere around the world. Of course, we know the NBA went into, into Disney, Disney World yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Um, in uh, in Orlando, but here in New Zealand, you know, what was it? Seven teams camped out at Sky City at the time for about seven or eight weeks. That was the first sports bubble in the world, but <laughs> it was what led into that, the draft, that actually uh, found its way to the news desk, I suppose, of ESPN, and that's how the deal started. And look, three years now, ESPN, and um, without giving too much away, what I would say is watch this space over the next week or two because you're going to hear more news about ESPN and the Cells NBL for the next two or three years coming up. All right. Nice work, Justin. As always, I appreciate your time. Have a great week ahead. Cheers, mate. I'm uh, heading back out to the streets of sunny, believe it or not, sunny Wellington. <laughs> All right. Go for it. Take care, bud.